0: Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, the Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Katie F., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Monday, July 5th, 20, I'm sorry, July 2nd, 2018, and we are reading from the big book. We are in Chapter 6, Into Action. Let me just make sure. Yeah, Chapter 6, Into Action. And we are at page 80, the fifth paragraph. Today's readers are for the 12 Steps, Jody E Q, 12 Traditions, Jackie M, and reading the text are Allison L, Annie V, and Jen A. The reference number for Sunday, July 1st, is 11,605. That's 11,605. OA preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. I will now ask Jody E. Q. to read the 12 steps.
1: Thank you, Katie, and good morning, everyone. This is Jody E. Q., gratefully recovering in California. The 12 steps of Overeaters Anonymous. One, we admitted we were powerless over food and that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood Him, praying only for knowledge of His will for us and the power to carry that out. 12. Having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you for allowing me to be of service. I pass. Thank you,
0: Jody. I will now ask Jackie M. to read the Twelve Traditions.
2: Hi, good morning, everyone. This is Jackie M., recovered in New York. The Twelve Traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends on OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you for letting me do service. Have a great day, everyone.
0: I pass. Thank you, Jackie. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. If we read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our absence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no absence requirement for sharing on topics. The fifth paragraph and we'll be reading through four paragraphs. I will now ask Allison L. to to begin reading.
3: Thank you, Katie. I will do so. This is Allison L. recovered in Ohio. The chances are that we have domestic troubles. Perhaps we are mixed up with women in a fashion we wouldn't care to have advertised. We doubt if in this respect alcoholics are fundamentally much worse than other people. But drinking does complicate sex relations in the home. After a few years with an alcoholic, a wife gets worn out, resentful and uncommunicative. How could she be anything else? The husband begins to feel lonely, sorry for himself. He commences <clears throat> Excuse me. He commences to look around in the nightclubs or their equivalent for something besides liquor. Perhaps he is having a secret and exciting affair with the girl who understands. In fairness, we must say that she may understand. But what are we going to do about a thing like that? A man so involved often feels very remorseful at times, especially if he is married to a loyal and courageous girl who has literally gone through hell for him. Whatever the situation, we usually have to do something about it. If we are sure our wife does not know, should we tell her? Not always, we think. If she knows in a general way that we have been wild, should we tell her in detail? Undoubtedly, we should admit our fault. She may insist on knowing all the particulars. She will want to know who the woman is and where she is. We feel we ought to say to her that we have no right to involve another person. We are sorry for what we have done, and God willing, it shall not be repeated. More than that, we cannot do. We have no right to go further. Though there may be justifiable exceptions, and though we wish to lay down no rule of any sort, we have often found this the best course to take. Our design for living is not a one-way street. It is as good for the wife as for the husband. If we can forget, so can she. It is better, however, that one does not needlessly name a person upon whom she can vent jealousy. Perhaps there are some cases where the utmost frankness is demanded. No outsider can appraise such an intimate situation. It may be that both will decide that the good way, that the way of good sense and loving kindness is to let bygones be bygones. Each might pray about it, having the other one's happiness uppermost in mind. Keep it always in sight that we are dealing with that most terrible human emotion, jealousy. Good generalship may decide that the problem be attacked on the flank rather than risk a face-to-face combat. Starting my timer. All right. What a way to kick off Monday morning. Again, this is Allison L, recovered compulsive overeater in Ohio. Thanks to everyone on the line and to team Monday for July. All right. So, um... I needed a guide to take me through these paragraphs for sure. We're talking about making amends here and um, this language and what they're specifically talking about. These situations are are very specific to, you know, alcoholic men back in the thirties. So um, I needed to get past the language and what they're talking about here and see how does this apply for me and my life and my recovery. And um, how can I relate? Um, I definitely had domestic troubles. I am married And there were domestic troubles. And while I I didn't necessarily have um, an affair, um, you know, for me, a specific situation I could relate to was that I had an ex-boyfriend that would text me from time to time and tell me he missed me and remind me how wonderful he thought I was. And I liked that. Um, And and it made me feel like maybe my husband didn't understand when I was in my disease. You know, I I could run with that. And sometimes I would let my husband know that I had gotten these texts. And it was all coming from selfish, a selfish place, and it was hurting him. And so then when I had to make amends, um, I had to handle that appropriately. I had to um, have my sponsor and other recovered fellows help me to figure out how to handle that. Um, I couldn't just do it on my own. I couldn't use that anymore as a way to make myself feel better and to make my husband feel bad. And I also couldn't um, name people, name this person to my husband and and let my husband be focused on, on that that um, it needed to be, um, our marriage needed to be focused on us. Um, and uh, that was one particular situation. Another was, you know, looking at Facebook and seeing how other husbands treated their wives. And in my mind, thinking that um, my my life would be better if my husband behaved that way. And that was, you know, me and my disease. And that was a lie as well. And so, but when I'm making mince to my husband, I didn't, you know, tell him those things my amends is that I don't do those things anymore. I focus on the gratitude and what a good man he is. And I don't name other husbands and say the things they do and and compare him um, and let him have jealousy or to feel um, like I think he's not as good as these other people. Um, And our design for living is not a one-way street. So this is for both of us um, to build our relationship and make it better together. And on page 82, um, a, a, prayer invitation for every day that I take into praying for my marriage is that I pray about um, how I can make amends to my husband continually while keeping his happiness uppermost in my mind. That is a great prayer that I carry into my daily life. Um, And I have seen great progress in my marriage um, through this amends and these specific instructions. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Allison. And so
0: if you just joined us, we're on page We read through uh, the bottom of page 80, the chances are, and read through four paragraphs ending on page 82, at risk to face, risk, a face-to-face combat. Who would like to share on these four paragraphs?
4: Charles H.
5: Charles H. Jody E. Q.
6: Lauren N.
0: Lauren N. D. I'm sorry, I didn't hear you. Leah D. Leah D. You can take this a couple what, more.
5: And what's you said, page 80, paragraph? Five. One, two.
0: The chances are at the very bottom okay. of the page. Thank you. Uh-huh. Anybody else? Okay, let's go with Charles H., Jody E.Q., Lauren N., and Leah D. Charles, you're
4: up. Thank you very much, Katie, for your service. Um, Charles H., a recovered compulsive overeater. I was just about to say, let me find out nobody got uh, domestic problems. Uh Uh-huh. So, yeah, the chances are, and those chances are definitely 100%, I have them. And, um, you know, in going through these steps again and again and again, um, I see that my oversensitivity has blocked my amends process and you know, I I came up with ten commandments in my own life, um, that has helped me with the amends process, the living amends process. You know, my wife, um, you know, she's a she's a very strong willed person and along with me being a strong willed person, I, you know, I had to change because I can't expect nobody else to change. So um, these amends um, was like the the lack of it not working in my life. See, I like to be transparent because I don't want nothing holding me back from freedom. Um, So I changed and I became less sensitive to things going on around me and things going on around me in the house got better. Like I gave up certain things. So that I could work on other things, right? Like subtraction really made addition to my life and the people that connected to me. You know, um, the things that used to push my button, that button got a got a, a a a bigger relay now. It don't push my buttons like it like it used to. Um, these living amends is so great. I don't go to the nightclub unless I'm booked. You know what I mean? I used to go to the nightclub when she got me tight. And yes, I cheated. Yes, I had affairs. Why I say this? Not to get your sympathy, to be free. (laughs) You know, and now, you know, I can get calls from anybody in program. My wife knows I'm not there to do that. Yes, when I go to conventions, I get opportunities. I'm like, boo, look at my ring. I'm booed up. (laughs) So my living amends, um, I am so grateful to, to be expanding and improving on my spiritual life. And it, it, it all starts with the family. And with that, I pass.
0: Thank you, Charles. Okay, Jody E.Q., you're up, followed by Lauren Ann.
1: Thank you, Katie. This is Jody E.Q., Recovering in California. Oh, this is a painful part of the book for me because uh, I, too, was unfaithful to my husband. Uh, and I say that with, you know, some shame but um, also knowing that I'm not alone and maybe I can help someone else by sharing my experience. Um, When it came to making amends, I and my higher power and my sponsor decided that it was best not to get into specific details or even tell him because I wasn't sure that he knew so I, I have not told him, and I believe that he, we are now divorced, so things kind of work out as, as they will, um, but I think he knows in a general way, but he doesn't want to know the specifics. It would be painful for him. It would be hurtful. We are on good terms today, and for that I am grateful. So I I have to be very careful. I I made amends to my husband early on in program that were definitely hurtful to him. And I don't want to hurt him any more than I already have. I have to be really careful about what I say to my husband and really pray about it and talk it over with my sponsor. Do not take this step lightly. Do not take it before you're there. Uh, do not make the mistake I made in making an amends to my husband early on that was absolutely harmful. So um, I'm just sharing my experience in hopes that I'll help someone else and without I pass.
6: Thank you, Jody. Okay, Lauren Ann, you're up. Hi, this is Lauren Ann. Uh, can you hear me? Yes. Thank you all for being um, on the line this morning. I miss you guys over the weekend. Um, I cannot necessarily relate to cheating on my husband, but boy, can I relate, my ex-husband, but boy, can I relate to cheating on people by hiding and making amends and being in a And forcing things when they're really not meant to happen. I can relate to keeping myself hidden and not wanting others to see the full inside. Believing that I was all bad and nothing good. I can relate to being happy, joyous and free that I am no longer like that because I let my insides look like my outsides. Well, maybe not exactly. I work at that. I work at being open and honest and letting my vulnerability show even if I feel like it's dangerous to be vulnerable. And with that, I pass. Thank you all for being on the line. Thank you, Lauren. Okay, Leah D., it's your turn.
5: Good morning. You know, I used to read these paragraphs and not relate. I would skip them. I'd say, well, this is not me. Where do I go here? And the truth is, it really is me. And what this says to me is how the physical manifestation of my body, and my image, and who I was as a person, affected everything. It affected how I perceived myself with men. It perceived how I reacted with my husband. It perceived how my inner soul didn't work. And the betrayal was to everyone, because I was the one betrayed. And now I find myself in a position position of being a new widow, saying to myself, could I ever have a, quote, healthy, normal relationship. When did this all start? How does recovery and how will recovery help me with that? And I, guys, don't even know the answer to that question. I don't know how to start. It's like I need a big do-over. There's so much damage that gets done when the little girl image at the age of eight is ruined. You know, that feeling of cringing And I think that's why I experimented in so many off-the-wall areas, because I didn't know how to do it in, quote, a regular, God-given way. This part is is deep, and for me, it's painful because it was exploratory and unknown. And I did my share of things that I'm not very proud of, but I forgive myself because I'm growing and changing and I'm a I'm a good woman, you know. I'm 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 a good woman and I've got a good heart and and then I worry for my child, you know. I worry for my child but she's not me and and I'm just glad that I can work on every area because this is really relationships and 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 having the self knowledge of who you are and where you are and how you're going and with that I'll pass. Thanks guys for letting me be part of your morning meeting.
0: Thank you, Leia. Yeah. Okay. if um, you've just joined us, we are on page we started at the bottom of page eighty, the chances are and read through four paragraphs, ending on page eighty two, then risk a face to face combat. Who would like to share on these four paragraphs? Leia. Lady, Lady G from Bobby Barbara She's
7: G. Larry Kay. Okay, wait
0: okay, I heard a bunch of names but my pencil broke. So hold on one second while I find another one. Okay. I heard Katie G, Leah S, Barbara E. Please give me a chance. Um, Okay. Katie G, sorry. Leah S, Barbara E, um, and Larry K. Did I miss anyone? Sage S. Sage S. I can take a couple more.
5: Belanca okay, BG. E.
0: Belanca BG.
8: Yes.
0: Terry N. Terry N. Okay, that's good. Let's go. Stop there. Katie G. Leah S. Barbara E. Larry K. Le- Sage S. Belanca BG, and Terry N. Katie G. It's your turn. Good morning, Katie. Good morning, my fellows. This is Katie G. Recovered in Boston. Yeah, um, so I was listening to this recovered gentleman speak the other day and he has been married for double digit years. And he said, I don't work on my marriage. I don't I'm not an expert in my marriage. I work on my relationship with God. And I loved that because my, my primary relationship today has to be my connection with God. I need to be unblocked from God. And if I'm unblocked from God, then God will give me the way to be kind, accepting, patient, and loving, and not treat my husband like I treated the food, which is that I shoved the food in, I threw it up, I um, threw it around, I, um, I used it, I held it hostage. And I do have history not in this relationship, but in the past, of causing tremendous, tremendous damage um, with other people in terms of cheating and whatnot. And, and today, my biggest work is um, being a loving and kind woman in my marriage with my husband, and then being a woman of honor, dignity, and grace when I relate to other men and to look at what my motives are and to look at how I use my sex powers and to look at how I am treating gentlemen. Am I treating them? Am I using them? Am I trying to steal a little vicarious pleasure from flirting? Um, and there, there was an incident um, with a friend of ours a few years ago where we were out and um, I was um, rubbing my, uh, very PC but PG, But rubbing my husband's shoulders and then a gentleman, a friend of his asked me to rub his and then I, it was like I I like woke up and I said to my husband I was like wow that was really inappropriate of me and I need to watch that I need to watch that I need to be a woman of honor dignity and grace I need to be trustworthy because When I start not trusting other people, including my husband, it's because I have something going on. It's because something has gotten in the way of my relationship with God, and I can't trust myself, and then I'm looking for other people that I can't trust because I am no longer being a trustworthy woman. Um, So this is something that I need to continue to work on, Um, but the way I work on it is through my relationship with God. It's uncovering, discovering, and discarding What is blocking me? My selfishness, how I'm trying to use other people each and every day. Each and every day. God, how can I be of service? I will be done. I ask for the right ideals, guidance in these questionable situations, sanity, and the strength to do the right thing. And um, I'm going to keep showing up as a human who needs this program this day, now, more than ever. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Katie. Okay, Leah S., it's your turn, followed by Barbara
9: E. Thank you. I'm so grateful to be on this line again today. Um, My name is Leah S., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater back in Brooklyn today. Um, We are into the amends uh, process. The amends process is a very delicate process, it's a very vulnerable process for me. Um, I didn't know how to have relationships. Um, when they 're talking about there might be domestic troubles, who big time big time so um, but it was very subtle it was very and that 's what I want to share about that it was very subtle with all these um, uh, seizing anger or 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 uh, disappointments and 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 the way we spoke to each other. And um, I had to do a living amends, but I didn't know how to do that. And that's where Steps 6 and 7 come in, which is what I did every time. Well, what what did I do until now? If I did that until now and he was angry, let me try to do this at this time. This is all about me because I don't want to get up from that table being angry, even angrier than I was before and so um, so there were th- certain things that I started to change, and I wasn't even aware, but I was constantly praying to God to help me and guide me. What is, what is it that I have to do now? That awareness that now I am not eating over it. Now I am not even letting the anger come into it because then I'm going to have to do a step 10. And I'm talking about when I... After I had gone through this t- the, the twelve steps, but anyway, it does make difference the thing is anger i can't i can 't afford that i can 't afford it in my life i can 't afford it for myself and I need to have that neutral tranquility in with relationships and so i um so I started my changing, my changing of behavior, and um, I realized there was some intuitiveness that this is what I used to do and this is what I didn't used to do. And then um, one day I had the most significant experience that I'd like to share, and that was, the, that was when I had that aha moment Wow, wow, wow. I went to buy a battery, um, to change a battery for my a hand watch. And somehow my husband had been in the neighborhood, and he called me. And he says, where are you? I said, I'm in the jewelry store because I need to change the battery on my watch. And he asked me where I was anyway. He ended up coming over there, and I said, what's a stupid battery? What What? what are you coming he came into the jewelry store and he says, I want you to choose a watch. I want to buy that for you. And it was just like out of the blue. It was like a moment where I wasn't even expecting anything. I wasn't even thinking about anything. But I will never forget that moment. I walked out. I still have that watch. So that I'm with that I will pass thank you for letting me share Bye. thank you so much okay
0: Barbara E you're up followed by Larry K
7: thank you so much for your service uh, KDF uh, it's hot in New Jersey today quite hot going to be in the high 90s and Alison L thank you for your courage and your clearness in your reading and all the shares that came before me and will come after me I did not have premarital sex, nor did I have extramarital sex. So I thought I would never be sharing on this meeting today because I had nothing to relate to. I grew up in an era uh, where my mother was my role model. She was the Jewish Doris Day of the late 50s and early 60s. If you remember Pillow Talk and the movies like that, with Rock Hudson and others. Um, So there was nothing going on. But that on page 82, it says, keep in sight that we're dealing with that most terrible human emotion, jealousy. What was I jealous of? I was jealous of the fact that the other couples that we went out with seemed to genuinely enjoy each other's company, hold hands, say that they were best friends, say loving things to each other. So when we would walk, my husband and I, down the street, I'd say Bobby Joe, which was a cue to him that he could hold my hand as we walked down the street. That was a nasty thing to do because I could certainly reach out and hold his hand. What was I jealous of? That other couples were prioritizing getting away time together just the two of them, um, so, yes, I did harm my husband in a sexual way. I was cold, I was withdrawing, I was shame based because of the size of my body. I didn't want him to see me, I didn't want to see him to see all the things, so when we were together intimately, I insisted the lights be down and I rarely, if ever, initiated anything. So certainly I had amends to make to him, but they had to be in the form of living amends for me to cease saying Bobby Joel, to cease being cold and lacking and ungiving. I have a wonderful husband who does so much for me and no. He doesn't tell me I look well, I look nice when we go out for dinner, Um, even though I prompt him by saying, you look very handsome. I would like him to do that. But he shows me in other ways how much he loves me. And someone said earlier, subtraction means addition. I like that. And I will stop. That's my timer. Thank you all. I pass.
0: Thank you, Barbara, so much. Okay, Larry K, you're up, followed by Sage S.
10: Good morning, Katie. Good morning. Thanks so much. You know, um, I'm not married now. I, I I was married at one time, and you know, we're reading about, um, you know, we're we're reading about, uh, you know, domestic troubles and so forth, and and you know, I always used to take some false pride in the fact. Um, that i was um you know that i was i was sexually there was sexual fidelity in my marriage there was a faithfulness in that regard i i never um you know cheated and um as if um you know there was some trophy waiting for me for that and you know that marriage didn't survive you know there's something beyond sexual fidelity you know along with sexual fidelity there's emotional fidelity there's financial fidelity and they constitute the mortar of trust that cements together the bricks of of love in a marriage or a you know a relationship of that type and um so emotional fidelity for example now that 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 I crossed that you know i um I, I, I did not have emotional fidelity. Emotional fidelity simply means that one remains emotionally faithful by not being too flirtatious or provocative with another person. Oh, I crossed that one. I didn't get a trophy. I got a cookie for that one. Lots of cookies. And I'm not here to, you know, to beat myself up, but more perhaps someone can relate, you know, what 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 is your emotional fidelity like? Did I need to make amends? You betcha. Was there opportunities to breach that emotional fidelity? There was thousands of opportunities. And many times I breached that emotional fidelity all the while, all the while taking false pride in my sexual fidelity. And I didn't see the selfishness in that. And I continued to eat and I continued to stuff my face. Because my walk walk didn't match my talk talk very much. see today, while I'm not a perfect man, never will be um, i um i don't I don't lead people on. I try my best not to do that. I try to stay emotionally uh faithful and try to look at all those things because that's what keeps me keeps the spirit within me, those types of things. I don't breach those things today. I try my best, and I I ask for God, God, you know, God. What is your What is your will for me, with regards to relationships? Would you help mold me and shape me in that in that way? And I work these steps, action after action after action, to the best of my ability. I'm not the same guy I used to be, not perfect, but not the same guy. By the grace of God, with that I pass. Thanks. Thank you, Larry. Okay,
0: now we have Sage S, followed by Belonka BG.
11: Hi, this is Sage S, Compulsive Overeater in Arizona. And um, first of all, I'd like to thank um, Vision, um, this group, because um, I feel very comfortable being quite candid. And I'd just like to thank everybody here for making this a safe environment for that. Um, My early twenties, I was a mess to put it bluntly. Um, I was during 2011 and 2012, um, very domestically violent um, towards my roommate at the time and my boyfriend at the time. Um, I, um, I think someone's unmuted, um just to throw that out there. But um anyway, um I was just very abusive. Um someone had mentioned before betrayal, um and that they had cheated other people and that's how this relates to the topic. I wasn't going to share today, but then I heard these two individuals mentioned those two topics. And I've never been unfaithful to a boyfriend. I've never been married, but that's how I can relate to cheating people. I betrayed my roommate and my boyfriend by being abusive. I betrayed my family and friends by hiding this from them. I was very good at hiding the domestic violence, um, very good at putting on a false front and acting like a quote-unquote nice person in public. Um, My domestic violence culminated in my being arrested and being sentenced to three years probation. My late 20s ended up being the best years of my life. Um, I had a massive spiritual awakening, and my whole personality has been reshaped, and I feel clean, I feel free, today is my 30th birthday and I eagerly look forward to the next decade of my life because not only have I had the spiritual awakening already, but I'm about to recover in this program and I'm going to have another one. And I could not be more grateful for the grace of God that I found vision through God, that I have found recovery through God. And then I found God through the steps in other 12 step programs and that I'm going to get even closer to him. I'm grateful for my sponsor. I'm just grateful, period. And there's nothing I'd rather be doing on the morning of my
5: 30th birthday than spending it with all of you. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, and happy birthday. Okay, Belanca you. BG, you're up, followed by
8: Terri-Ann. Hi, good morning. Can I be heard? Yes. Um, good morning everyone. Uh, thank you for being there. My name is Blanca BG. I am a recovering food addict. Um, I, I would just like to precede what I'm going to say with what someone said already with I'm not looking for sympathy or pity or but just that in hopes that what it, what I have to say will help someone else who feels they're alone because I know I certainly did. I. I um never had um my father and my mother split up when I was very very little and my father left under terrible conditions he just walked out and I was only 5 but I knew you know something was terribly wrong and and I was very angry about it and full of self-hate and and my low you know hatred and hating other people and I never um but as a result of of that I never had any models of good relationships my parents i did did not have a marriage that i could see it wasn't i didn't know what healthy relationships were i didn't have any to model to see what what a beautiful thing relationship between a man and woman can be i never never saw it therefore i had no clue and that together with my addiction and my anger was the recipe for a very uh for just um horrific relationships that were going to come in my when i reached my adulthood um my i never had any successful relationships i didn't know how to have one how to be a faithful how to be kind and gentle and i none of my relationship they all ended i don't think there was a person on the earth that could put up with that or or should when i met my husband um my my addiction was rampant; it was out of control, however, I really did. He was such a kind and gentle person. I thought this is a good person for me. He will settle me down. I will learn how to be faithful and how to have a good relationship, but without recovery, without some place to go to get well, my sickness was out of control. It remained that way. my unfaithfulness, my anger my It was everyone else's fault. And looking back now, my being unfaithful was just a way to get back at at everybody for what happened to me in my life, my abandonment. But at any rate, um, my husband and we did not divorce. My husband loved me dearly and was determined that love was enough. But, of course, for an addict, it never, it isn't. It isn't enough.
0: So... He stayed with
8: me and I remember one day it was about six months he became very ill. But right before his illness took him, he said, You know, I, I love you and we will have had a we've had a good marriage and you did we did the best we could. And I love you so he passed away. He's been gone four years. However the he forgave me, but the forgiving of myself will take Probably the rest of my life, and through the grace of this program, I will get there. Thank you, and I pass.
0: Thank you, Belonka. Okay, Terry N., you're up. Good morning, everyone. This is Terry N.,
12: gratefully recovered in Swedesboro, New Jersey. <clears throat> um, at the present time, I really don't have um, a lot of trouble with domestic. Problems because I'm divorced to live alone. <laughs> um, but I wanted to share that I, I was on the other end of an, you know, an unfaithful marriage. And through the this miraculous program, I was not only able to forgive, I was able to see my part. And you know, it would have been very easy, and it was in the beginning very easy to blame and be, but because of the process of you know this the steps I was able to see where I was at fault and what my part in that in that demise of my marriage was and I was able to make amends to my husband and it's just it's just a miracle the way this program works and you know I wanted to share because because today we're friends and I'm able to have a relationship with him, which makes you know life much easier. My son got married last Saturday. It was a beautiful wedding um, because as a result of this program, I felt comfortable in my own skin. I felt pretty. I was able to sit in the, at the same table with my ex-husband and have a wonderful time. Um, the, the miracles that take place in this program are indescribable. And I'm truly grateful to be a part of. And um, so, thanks for letting me share.
0: I pass. Okay, thank you, Terry. <laughs> and so we have time for three more shares. Who would like to share on these four paragraphs that we Lindsay talking? B. R- Lisa B. Okay, Lisa B. Nancy something and Ross Russ, Russ M and Lisa B. Okay, that's three. Nancy. I didn't get your initial. L. Russ M. Nancy L. As in Larry. Russ M. As in mommy. And
13: Lisa B. As in boy. Okay. Go ahead, Nancy. Good morning, everyone. This is Nancy L. In Arizona. Um, Wow. The paragraph that really gets me is, um, after a few years with an alcoholic, a wife gets worn out, resentful, uncommunicative. How could she be anything else? The husband begins to feel lonely, sorry for himself. Well, that was <clears throat> that was me. I I was the one that was the the foodaholic, and um, you know I was just um, my husband was getting worn out, uncommutative, and um, I started feeling sorry for myself. Actually, I think I started feeling sorry for myself when I was about five years old, and it would just build and build and build, and it was all about me. Um, so. What happened for me was, um I started flirting um that uh you know thank god it didn't it didn't get into the the real deal, but I'm of the faith that says that as a man thinketh in his mind, so is he, so you know i was I was just having affairs all over the place but but mostly in my mind, and um I'm so uh, sorry for all that um whatever the situation, we usually have to do something about it. Yeah, and for me, I had to quit, just plain quit, get over myself, and learn how to be an honorable and faithful uh, and loving and caring wife. And how can anyone do that when you are 100 pounds overweight? I don't know, because the food was first and foremost, you know. I I just uh, was trying everything, everything to get the weight off. And I'm so grateful for this program because it's off, only by God's grace and by working these steps faithfully every single day. And with that, I will pass. Thank you. Thank you, Nancy.
0: Russam, you're up.
4: Good morning. Good
14: morning, everyone. Ross M., Recover Compulsive Overeater outside of Philly. Um, so the pre previous year kind of stole my thunder, but it's true nonetheless, you know, I never, uh, cheated on my wife. I always prided myself on you know, I'm I'm faithful and I take care of my wife and my family and you know, uh in my mind, you know, I I I cheated on my wife a lot. I was unfaithful to her a lot. And, you know, it's like I still gotta watch it. Now that I'm out of it too because there's nothing that kind of dulls it. But um it's just like approaching the food, you know, the problem centers in the mind. So the closer I get to God through working the steps, the more released I've been on this. And um, with uh, <clears throat> making amends, you know, I'm not looking for an out. I'm not looking not to to, to take responsibility for my actions. You know, my sponsor and I, we wor- we worked on, you know, an amends of how to, how to make amends every day to my wife, you know? And if I would come out and say these things and it would, you know, start the hornet's nest and really do a lot of harm to her. Um, so I have to approach it that way. It's, I'm not trying to shrink from my responsibility. It's just, you know, I don't want to hurt her any more than I've already hurt her. And, um, so I got to watch it. You know, we have to, we have to watch it. You know, I'm not, Uh, just in general, you know, being a program, there's a a vulnerability, and, you know, I take that out to the world, and, (laughs) you know, your your mind makes things happen that makes things seem real that aren't real, so, you know, as long as I'm working the steps, I'm getting closer to God, I'll be, you know, cleared of these things, so, thanks, thanks for letting me share, have a great day, everyone.
0: Thank you, Russ, and, okay, Lisa B., you're up.
1: Good morning. My name is Lisa B. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Greenville, South Carolina. Thank you for your service and thank you for everyone that's on this line. Um, I wasn't going to share, but I have had such an amazing experience getting recovered. Um, and how it's impacted my marriage and you know my problem was being an untreated compulsive overeater and the way it showed up for me was just that horrible rid restless irritable discontent I could not be happy or content Um, I just had such a angst about everything and I would focus on the things outside of me like my husband and I thought if he were just different I could be happy and I was convinced that he was the problem. And once I got in here and my big book guide encouraged me to put everything aside and just get recovered, get recovered. You know, it's amazing what happened. The problem was inside of me, my addiction to myself. And that bottomless pit that truly is bottomless, It, it, it got resolved. The problem has been solved inside of me through spiritual the spiritual remedy in this program. And so i married, it'll be 25 years in August. And the first five years of my marriage, I was convinced if I could just get him to be different, I would be happy. And then the remaining years, up until getting recovered in April of 2016, um, I just was on... I don't even know what you would call it, in that middle of the road solution, which is sheer hell. You know, that's the horribleness about this disease of compulsive overeating. It takes us down just enough where we really feel like crap, but yet, you know, we're not dead yet. And that was the fear for me, that I would just keep living and living and living. So applying the spiritual remedy In all areas of my life, which is what happens when we get truly recovered, everything improves. My husband is like a totally different person, but really he's not. It's me that's different, you know. And I wake up every day thinking about my favorite thing, myself. And that's why I need these steps every day. I need to have a new experience every day. I can't live on yesterday's experience or last year's experience or last month. So I'm so grateful for this program and getting out of self, letting that spiritual solution take root in every area of my life. I am on new soil. And my husband is an incredible
0: husband. You know, he's like a new person, but it's me. I'm new. So with that, I pass. Thank you. Okay, we have time for, we have two minutes if someone has a burning desire. Otherwise, I'll take this opportunity. Okay. Go in once. Okay. This is Katie F, a recovered compulsive overeater. We have one, no, two minutes. Whatever. Um, And, you know, early on in in this program, which before I knew how to work the steps, um, I read this section and thought, I just need to tell my dad exactly how I feel about the fact that he left me and you know, when he left my mother, then that meant he left me and how much he hurt me and how he made excuses. And I just went on and on. Um, And I really have no idea what made me think that that was the right thing to do. Um, So that's why I like as I've read through, you know, in recovery and have worked these steps that I I take it um, the instruction that we ask our guide, we ask our sponsor, and we we go through, you know, exactly what we're going to say. We don't just fly off the handle and um, give someone our um, two cents worth on how they have lived their life. That is that is absolutely not how to work this program. And I'm so grateful that you know I had an opportunity to have a different relationship with my father before he passed away. Um, still not perfect by any stretch of the imagination, but it was something. And with that, I'll pass. Um, Thank you to everyone who shared this morning. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. The share ID for today, Monday, July 2nd, is 11606. So I just want to thank everybody who helped this morning, Jody E.Q., Jackie M., Allison L., Annie V., and Jen A. And um, we will now close with the reading from the Big Book on page 180, Followed by the serenity prayer. Will Annie V. please read a vision
15: for you. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Hi, can I be heard? Yes. Thanks. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick.